Hello, and welcome to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about upcoming events, this podcast, and for other resources, visit candygibbs.com. Um, Well, good morning, and we're excited to jump in. I hope that the weather is going to be nice this afternoon. It was supposed to be, but if it's not, we have some other things we can do inside. Um, We are in here basically until lunch, and then um, after lunch, you have a little bit of free time, then you have small groups. And right after small groups, we're going to do worship. Did you all get a note card at registration? We are, we'll do a question and answer thing this afternoon. And you can ask about anything. So there's anything that, um, anything you want to talk about, ask about, we can talk about. But we need you to turn those note cards into us at your small group time this afternoon. So you have until just right after lunch, and then if you'll turn those in, that'll help us out with question and answer. All right, this morning we're going to talk about what does it mean to abide. And so one of the things that last night we started talking about Moses and Joshua, and now we're going to spend today talking about what are some of the um, disciplines or necessary qualities that Moses passed on to Joshua, and how did he demonstrate that for, for, Mo, or for Joshua? So this morning, we're going to talk about what does it mean to abide. After we talk this morning, we're going to go into a time of just kind of personal time that you will spend with the Lord. And we call it a prayer labyrinth. I don't really know what it should be called, but... When you go in here, we're going to let you draw a number, and if you um, are comfortable with this, Mallory and I, and Spencer and Jake maybe, because sometimes we go a little bit long, we're going to just pray over each of you. And like I told you last night, we have already started praying for you. Um, We don't know really any specific things about most of you. And we're just going to pray what we think the Lord has put on our heart to pray for and over you. Um, If you have never received prayer like that, it really is an incredible thing because there's no way that we could know to to pray the things that the Lord's putting on our heart unless the Lord told us. Uh, The thing about that that's really cool is it allows you to realize, hey, God is really seeing what's happening in my life. And so if you want to, I always, when I am prayed for in this way, will record it on my phone so that I can listen back to it and listen to the scriptures that they pray or whatever. So you might want to take your phone in there. Um, But when we go in, you'll get a number uh, on a whiteboard. We're going to write the number that's up next. And so when your number comes up, you just come over and we'll pray for you. Every other area in there, um, it's just you take your time at each one. And there'll be a different focus at each point or something for you to do at each point. So you just take your time. The only thing, uh, you can leave whenever you're ready. And the only thing we have to do is we have to be at lunch by 12. 
So as soon as we finish this morning, you can go to the restroom, get your water, whatever, and then you'll just go in there and spend as much time in there as you want to up till 12 o'clock, okay? Um, we're going to talk about the tent of meeting and what does it mean to sit in the presence of the Lord. And this is probably in my life personally what I have a harder time with than going and doing is sitting um, and just giving the Lord whatever time and he can do whatever he wants. So the way that I operate, really the way that my family operates is we have a plan. We, we know what we're doing. We have a schedule. We, everybody enjoys knowing we're going to get it. We're going to do this. And it might be we're going to do nothing from this time to this time, but we have it planned, okay? So to go into a time where it's like, okay, we have three hours and we have no plan, that causes me to have an anxiety attack, right? So this is something that for some of us, this comes more natural than go, 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 right? For me, go, go, go comes a lot more natural. So we, we have to work on both ends of the spectrum. So let's read in Exodus chapter 33. I'm going to start in verse 7. Exodus 33, verse 7. It says, Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all of the people would rise up and each would stand at his tent door and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent. And the Lord would speak with Moses. And when all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship each at his tent door. Thus, the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. So Moses is beginning to model for Joshua. We, we talked about last night, Joshua went partway up the mountain with Moses when he received the Ten Commandments. And now Joshua is just going with Moses and he would sit at the door of the tent of the meeting and he would linger there. And so he's watching as Moses is interacting with the Lord and how Moses does it. Now, at this point in time, no one has told Joshua, you're the next leader. But Joshua has positioned himself under Moses to say, whatever the calling is on my life, I'm going to watch. I'm going to model after your example of how you're seeking the Lord. So the next part, I want to go ahead and read this, and this really... It's just more of an example of Moses modeling for us what does intimacy with the Lord look like. So Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. 
Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence will go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct? I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth. And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do for you have found favor in my sight and I know you by name. Moses said, please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you can't see my face for a man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there's a place by me where you shall stand on a rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand until I've passed by. And then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. So something that's interesting here is Moses says, show me your glory. And the Lord says, I'll let my goodness pass before you. So the glory of the Lord is the goodness of God. And something else that I think we can apply in our lives is that how many times in this situation, God says, you can't see my face, so I'm going to hide you. And then when I pass by with my glory and my goodness, you'll see my back. Well, how many situations in our life do we feel like We're in a place where we're hidden and we can't see him working at all. But it's only on the backside when you see him walking away from a situation that you recognize, oh, in the moment, it felt very isolated and like I was, where are you? What are you doing? But now, on the backside of the thing, I can see your goodness. So Joshua is observing all of these interactions that Moses has with the Lord. Now, something that's a little bit different, the Israelite people, you'll remember there's a story where God says, bring everybody to the mountain. Nobody can come past this certain boundary except for Moses, but I'm going to speak to the people. And so the people kind of come around. Well, the mountain is frightening. Right, It is thundering, and there's a cloud, and there's smoke, and it's loud, and ah, and the people are like, hey, Moses, you go talk to God, and you come back and tell us what he said. And it, But that is the people's experience with the Lord. But Moses and Joshua had a very different experience, right? Moses is talking to him face to face, and Joshua is learning and observing. And when Moses goes to meet with the Lord, Joshua lingers, and he's learning how to abide. So now I'm going to read Numbers 27, starting in verse 12. Numbers 27, verse 12. 
the Lord said to Moses, go up into this mountain of Abiram and see the land that I have given to the people of Israel. When you have seen it, you also shall be gathered to your people as your brother Aaron was, because you rebelled against my word in the wilderness of Zin, when the congregation quarreled, failing to uphold me as holy at the waters before their eyes. These are the waters of Meribah of Kadesh in the wilderness of Zin. Moses spoke to the Lord, saying, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation who shall go out before them and come in before them, who shall lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be as sheep that have no shepherd. So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit, and lay your hand on him. So the Lord says to Moses, go and look, go up to the top of this mountain because I'm going to show you the promised land. But I've already told you, you're not going to enter the promised land. And Moses says, well, you can't send the people in alone. So please appoint a leader over the Israelites who can go in before them and teach them how to go out and how to come in. Now, some of you, we've talked about this at a college retreat, but you know when the Lord met with Solomon and uh, he says, what do you want, Solomon? You can ask for anything and I'll give you whatever you want. What do, what do we think that Solomon asked for? Wisdom. wisdom. And he does ask for wisdom. But what Solomon says before he asks for wisdom is, Lord, my father, David, he knew how to go out and come in. And I don't. So now we've got Moses saying, appoint over this people a leader who can teach them how to go out and how to come in. Well, this is the very principle that we were talking about. Part of your relationship with the Lord is going out and fighting, going out and standing where the Lord has asked you to stand, going out and burning up some of those spiritual calories that we talked about last night. Go and live, right? Run really fast. Watch the Lord do miraculous things. Believe that he will. All of those things. Go and be who the Lord has called you to be. Go out. But once I expel all of these spiritual calories, and once I have spent myself, then the principle is that I have to learn how to come in, and I have to learn how to abide, and I have to learn how to sit, and I have to learn how to wait on how the Lord is going to fill me. I develop a hunger for the Lord when I'm out, when I'm fighting, when I'm standing, when I'm working, and I am filled when I come in. So we need examples of leaders who, Joshua's who understand that there is a time to go out and a time to come in. You realize that when David had his huge failure with Bathsheba 
it was because he got out of sync. Because the Bible says at the time when kings went out to war, David didn't go. He stayed in. And that's when he saw Bathsheba, and that's when they failed, and he had to call for her husband who was at war on behalf of King David to come back. That was when we called Uriah back from battle. So because David got out of the right flow in his relationship, he didn't go out when he was supposed to go out. He stayed in. So we have to learn what does it mean to be who I'm called to be and to work and to be a part of what God's doing, making an impact, and then to come in and let him fill me and remind me and refresh me. Thanks for listening to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. For more information and other resources, visit candygibbs.com.